0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Campus Safety Voices. I'm Robin Hattersley. One of the most challenging responsibilities of a school security, safety, and emergency management executive is handling the multitude of technology upgrades required for the protection of today's K-12 campuses. In most districts of any size, there are a lot of moving parts, supply chain issues, contractors, and in-house employees that all must be effectively managed. But how do you actually do that? To find out, I spoke with Danielle Stevens, who is District Safety Manager for Lake Zurich CUSD 95. Danielle, who is also one of this year's K-12 Director of Year finalists, completed 90% of a 2019 Outside Security Assessments recommendations for school safety and security improvements. The the remaining 10% of upgrades are currently being evaluated or underway. In our interview, Danielle tells us how she prioritized the assessments recommendations, how she managed the school district employees and contractors who completed the upgrades and how she's tackling the projects that remain. She also provides some sage advice to other school security directors on how to effectively manage system upgrades. So with that, here's my interview with Danielle Stevens. Enjoy the show.
1: Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review.
0: Danielle, an outside consultant conducted a security assessment, assessment at your schools back in 2019. And in about three years, you've implemented 90% of those recommendations, including, okay, adding PA systems, installing vehicle barriers, Retrofitting classroom door locks, installing intrusion detection technology, fences, and more. So let's talk about project management, okay? Great. Let's okay. go. What was the first thing you did when you received all those recommendations, and how did you go about prioritizing what you needed to be done first?
1: Well, I'll share a little bit about the first thing I did, as well as the first project we started. So the first thing I did was review and study the audit. I knew that it was a massive and expensive undertaking. Um, the audit was 276 pages with 300 recommendations for improvement across the entire district. And I knew that I was the one responsible for making it making sure that it gets done efficiently and effectively. Um, just to give you a little background on our district, we have uh, eight schools, two transportation facilities, and two administrative buildings. We serve a total um, student and staff population of about 6,500. So there's many moving parts throughout the entire process. Um, I must admit that my background in crime prevention helped with prioritization and my training in incident command with the ability to clearly state goals to other team members regardless of their tenure. And in order to move forward with the recommendation, um, a high level of organization, um, the ability to clearly state goals and expectations to team members and uh, resource management was all necessary. So the first project that we actually tackled was our massive upgrade to the visitor management system. And this is a system that um, instantly screens visitor, visitors, contractors, guardians, and volunteers for sex offender status, as well as custodial alerts such as um, uh Custodial issues, and it provides us with an electronic log.
0: Okay, so did you hire um, a security systems contractors or integrators or did you um, to do the installations or upgrades or did you do it yourself and, and if you
1: did, how did you go about selecting and vet, vetting them what was your process. Well, you know, schools are a huge part of the community so we try to hire companies um, to continue the goal of building and maintaining a strong community. I would also talk with colleagues in other districts nearby about their programs, services, experiences, because we all have similar needs. You know, our district does have a very talented team that possess a wide range of skills. So many projects, such as when we replaced the classroom door locks or installed the door alarm technology, those were done by our staff. Okay, so do you have any advice to other school protection executives
0: on how to find the right Um, security systems contractors or integrators and or other people to do the installations? Well,
1: it's important to be involved in the process so you can create the best programs for your schools. I would recommend visiting other districts that have products you're interested in, learn about the features, what they like, what they don't like, and also include police and fire. And if you have a district safety team, include all these groups in discussions and conversations. Mm -hmm. Now, you said that you had some employees, district
0: employees, complete some of the upgrades. So do you have any suggestions on how to effectively manage their work?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things to recognize is that um, all of our team members are working hard and these projects couldn't be done without them. So there are several things we did that worked really well. Um, We had a core team that we put together. It was a group of four. It was the Assistant Superintendent of Student Services, uh, Assistant Superintendent of Business and Operations, the Director of Facilities, and myself, and then we pulled in the IT Director as needed. So this core team was really the one who was working with um, you know, prioritizations, um, helping keep the project on track. We were all incredibly busy given that we were in a pandemic when the work began and you know the safety and security audit did result in additional tasks. So, so to respect everyone's time and make sure the meetings were efficient, I learned that we got the best results if I sent out a meeting agenda about a day or two in advance with specific questions that needed to be answered um, as well as the goals of the meeting. So everyone came prepared and this helped keep us on track but also allowed me an opportunity to offer support and resources to those who had heavier workloads. Um, I did a lot of research and provided departments with as much information as I could upfront. So when we had tasks to complete, like ordering the door alarms, for example, I made sure to give as much specification to what we needed. So all the department had to do was place the order. And then I was also very active in the process. Um, even if you're not completing the work, I recommend, you know, showing up, offer help if it's something you can do, or just to say thank you. Um, you know, we're, when we were updating the uh, classroom locks at the high school, so every classroom was keyed the same, I frequently dropped in to see the progress and just to thank the team.
0: So I know during the pandemic, there there were a lot of supply chain issues. So did that affect any of your projects? And if so, how did your team respond to those challenges?
1: Well, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that we have to be flexible uh, with everything really. So if a product wasn't available, we tried to find a comparable one and this happened with our security cameras. We also had to be really creative and I enlisted the help of those around me for possible solutions. And this was the case with our two-way radios. You know, we needed more radios because some of our schools had different needs in their classrooms. And we had a 20-week back order. Oh my. So we we started thinking, you know, I, I lent out all the spare radios that I had. Um, we had some of our secretaries using the base radios at their desks. So their portable radios could be in the classrooms. And then we accounted for every radio, who, what, when, why they used it. We reallocated some of those based on need. And then um, we work with a great radio provider. And in our time of need, he was able to lend us some radios. Although They were were a different model. Um, But we were able to use those in our schools until they got delivered. So you just really have to be creative and, and rely on one another to come up, collaborate, brainstorm. Now, it's my understanding that you
0: have about 10% of the upgrades still pending. So what's your strategy for those remaining projects?
1: My strategy is having sub goals. So, you know, this was an in-depth audit and there's a lot of big changes for a district to make. And big changes cost a lot of money. So um, we had to balance prioritizing safety and budget and make sure all the low cost and high safety items were done. And I'll say I'm very proud that the district was able to accomplish 90% of this audit in just three years. Um, But sometimes, you know, the last 10% of a job can be the hardest. And, you know, that's kind of where we're at. So these sub goals Um, that were created really help us stay on track so we can complete them long term. So like an example is um, our district's video surveillance system. Huge project, huge undertaking, very, very expensive. So some of the sub goals we created include establishing a 28 or 30 day retention on video footage, um, identifying old analog cameras, adding cameras to high traffic blind spots, priority areas, Um, Establishing consistency between the schools, because in a unit district, you want to make sure that, you know, all the schools have cameras in similar locations. Um, And then, of course, prioritizing the high budget projects over three to five years. So then we look at our long term goal of maintaining um, a maintenance and replacement schedule, setting aside budget to add more cameras every year that fall into like a level two or moderate need category, but I do want to say that an audit like this is, it's so valuable to a district long-term. So you really have to make sure that you're not just checking boxes. You have to establish a long-term plan for your maintenance, upkeep, and training. There's so much training involved with everything that you roll out.
0: And I'm sure there are probably some changes. I mean, because that happened, what, in 2019? That's four years ago already, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Lots of positive so- change. That's good. <laughs> we like that. Absolutely. Um,
0: so what are you most proud of with all of these uh, improvements?
1: So without a doubt, I'm most proud of our adoption of the standard response protocol, SRP, and standard reunification, SRM. Uh, the audit gave us the goal to enhance our district's emergency supplies and toolkits, and we purchased the recommended items like AEDs, bullhorns, two-way radios, first aid kits. Um, We were very fortunate to partner with a local hospital who donated 25 Stop the Bleed kits and provided training to our staff. You know, we got all of this equipment, but I knew from my previous role as a first responder and my training that even more valuable than the equipment was to greatly enhance the tools, knowledge, training, and preparation in any emergency for staff, students, and also our parents. You know, you have to think about your parent group too and what their job is in a crisis. So the adoption of the SRP and the SRM has proven to be a foundation of safe schools. And the district received a lot of buy-in from our first responders who feel empowered, um, along with our stakeholders on how to respond to a crisis. I'll tell you, it's been a great community building tool and our first responders, staff, students, parents, we've all had training and we all know how to communicate based on the standardized program.
0: So now what, if anything, would you have done differently? And do you have any sage advice for other uh s- school security and and public safety and emergency management professionals who might be watching this or listening to it?
1: So if I could go back, I would involve our student body earlier in the safety changes. So I started this job during the pandemic And the students came back with many changes resulting from COVID rules, um, but also from safety and security upgrades. You know, we rolled out a custom ID um, lanyard. We had restrictions on entry and exit points. And these changes were really hard for students. And I have to say, I am so proud of the advocates that our district is helping to create. The student body approached my department to discuss many of the new safety measures over the last few years. And... I was so impressed by this and I wanted to make sure that that they had a voice, that they felt heard. And I took this very seriously and we offered multiple platforms for students to voice their opinions and concerns. And the conversations were so productive. We added student advisors to our school safety teams. Um, We are now gonna host a yearly student safety forum. So administrators have the opportunity to explain the purpose behind the safety measures, but allow them to ask questions because they have a lot of questions. And um, we also opened an additional supervised exit door for our students to give them quicker access to their student parking lot, which which was so important to them. And also throughout this process, I realized that we needed more transparency as it related to our safety programs. So I created an entire section on our district website related to safety and security with a wealth of information. There's videos, there's um, links to different networks. And I I just wanna tell anyone listening that the students have been one of the best resources. They are creative, they're smart, and their support will make your program even stronger. And they're the ones that actually are
0: the beneficiaries the most of of your program. And they're the ones who have the most knowledge on the ground, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure talking with you.
1: Thank you for having me today. It's been a great opportunity.